Amazing. Thank you. Is it, who, who's seen The Chosen? Can I have a show of hands? About 50-50. Can I encourage you, if you've not seen The Chosen, I went to sit next to Natalie because Michael and Natalie converted me to The Chosen. Uh, I remember being born again, and I remember getting converted to The Chosen. And, uh, and it's an absolutely fantastic. Wendy, is it okay if I, my voice goes down a bit, please? I'll get stressed. Uh, it is an absolutely fantastic uh, series. You just... It, it follows the, the life, the birth, the life, the death of Jesus, and you get to know him in a, in a way that I, it, it, they put a new like, experience. You just see Jesus in a beautiful way. And so if you haven't seen it, see it. If you have seen it, maybe it's something fun to watch over Christmas, actually, as we get some time, just some downtime. As Nina said, this is our last Sunday together for a couple of weeks, and it's, just, it's a great series. I encourage you, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? We get so in our head about presents and food and friends, family, whatever, uh, that sometimes Jesus gets pushed to the side. Actually, he is absolutely the reason for Christmas. Uh, and so enjoy, enjoy that, enjoy Jesus. There's an agnostic atheist, someone who, who believes there's no God, who believes God isn't knowable, even though he believes in no God, called Bart Ehrman. And he says this about, about Jesus, about the historical Jesus. He says, I don't think, and bear in mind this is someone who is agnostic and atheist, I don't think there is any serious historian who doubts the existence of Jesus. We have more evidence for Jesus than we have for almost anybody from his time period. So agnostic atheist said, no, Jesus existed. No one disagrees with that. And the, what I want us to do today is just reflect, just for 15, 20 minutes or so, about the reality of Jesus and, and who he actually was. Who did he say he was? What did people think of him? What did he do? What was he like? And I think this is one of the things that The Chosen communicates so well. It puts Jesus and the character of Jesus across in such a good, a good way. And what I want us to do is notice really two things from the story that we just watched and we're going to read in a minute. I want us to notice, firstly, that Jesus was and is good. And secondly, I wanted us to notice that Jesus was and is God. So he's good and he's God. If you've got your Bibles, uh, we're going to read from Mark, uh, chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, that's no problem. The scripture will come up behind me. I'm reading from the NIV, at least on my iPad, and I think it's the same there. Uh, but yeah, follow along with me however you can. You can also find this story in Luke, chapter 5, as well. Uh, Yes, Mark chapter 2, verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. 
Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. You can believe they haven't seen anything like that. An absolutely amazing story that demonstrates a couple of things. The first thing it demonstrates is that Jesus was and is good. And how do we know that? Well, quite simply, he went around doing good. And if we read the Luke's version in Luke chapter 5, we read just before that, chapter 4 of Luke, where Jesus really announces himself on the scene by opening, like Godwin did earlier, the, the roll, the scroll of Isaiah. And he reads, and he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He, says, he, he almost gives people his mission statement. He announces himself, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Why? To bring good news to the poor. Freedom of captive, set the enslaved free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And then what Jesus does, Luke chapter 5 and onwards, Mark chapter 2 and onwards, is he steps into that. He goes around being good news to the poor. He goes around proclaiming liberty. He goes around setting captives free, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. And so we have this story, along with many others, that are an example of the goodness of God, the goodness of Jesus. We have a man carried in by his friends, lowered down through the roof, a man who has never been able to walk, a man who hasn't been able to enjoy the simple things in life, like we do, walking around Grey Gothenburg on a wintry afternoon. He's not been able to enjoy a walk. He's, as a child, he probably didn't run around after his friend trying to find, like, kick a football about or the equivalent 2,000 years ago. He hasn't enjoyed those simple things that we, with working legs, get to enjoy. A man who was held captive, if you like, in his body. And Jesus comes as good news to him. He's good. And so when he sees him, even though he's busy, even though he's teaching and crowds have flocked to see him, even though Jesus is busy, as this man is um, lowered down through the roof, he has time for him because he is good. And he heals him out of his goodness. But not only does this miracle display Uh, the goodness of Jesus, it also displays that Jesus is God. We often wonder, why did Jesus get crucified if he was just a good man 
Who would crucify someone going around doing good, healing people who weren't able to walk, helping people see who weren't able to see? Why would you kill someone like that? Well, the reality is he didn't just go around doing good, but he went around claiming that he also was God. And that's eventually what gets him crucified. And this story is, is the start of Jesus. You know, the Pharisees, people have come to see Jesus. They've heard that he's a rabbi. There's some miracles he's doing. Uh, but he's not really done anything controversial necessarily. But this story is the start of people thinking, uh-oh, this man's trouble. He's not just doing good. He's also claiming to be God. And so some of the onlookers, the Pharisees, being very well versed in Scripture, when they hear Jesus say, Son, your sins are forgiven, their ears perk up. No man is allowed to forgive sin. There's only one person that forgives sin, and that is God alone. And Jesus, completely aware of their thoughts, he he, he takes his eyes off the paralyzed man and looks to the Pharisees, aware of their thoughts. And he says, well, well, what's easier, to forgive sin or to get this man to walk? And Jesus' healing of the paralytic man, the man who couldn't walk, the lame man, displays not only does he have power over the body, but he is indeed who he says he is. He demonstrates his ability to forgive sin, to be God, by healing the paralytic. And isn't it amazing that, that Jesus, being God, demonstrating himself as God by being able to forgive sins, demonstrates the character of who our creator God is. So God takes on flesh, tabernacles, lives amongst us, becomes a baby, grows up, starts a ministry, reads from the prophet Isaiah, and then he demonstrates what God is like by being good, by healing. And so Jesus demonstrates, as Bart Ehrman, as an agnostic, doesn't, thinks there's nothing, no God that you can know, there's no God out there, what Jesus does is he makes the unknowable God knowable. He makes the invisible God visible. As he walks, as he touches, as he looks with love and compassion to this lame man, what he does in healing him is he makes the unknowable God knowable, the invisible God visible. And what we see is the character of God, and friends, it is beautiful. He's good. The all-powerful creator of the heavens and earth gets to decide, right? And he decides, good. He decides, love. He decides, compassion. He heals this man. He, he forgives this man. And Jesus, as the invisible creator become visible, puts the character of God front and center. The psalmist in Psalm 34, verse 8, says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't that a beautiful psalm? Piece of a psalm. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I just believe this morning that God wants us to taste and see that he is good. 
think what Godwin shared, I think what Nina shared, I think is very prophetic and very important for us as a people. I think even as we go into a new year with new concerns, new hopes for sure, some of us will be really looking forward to 2024, others of us will be concerned. I said to Nina, I think I need to delete Twitter because the amount of fear-mongering on Twitter, vaccines, world wars, all these different things, it's not helpful for me. I said, I think, I think I need to delete Twitter. But the reality is there's many of us that could have concerns about the future, health concerns, financial concerns, world concerns, environmental concerns. Friends, I believe what God wants us to see this morning is that he is good. And Jesus demonstrates this in just the most beautiful way by as his meeting is completely interrupted, taking time and healing taking time and showing love, taking time and showing compassion. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And so at this time of year, we celebrate this baby being born. We celebrate Jesus, and we celebrate the reality that he comes out of love, that he comes out of goodness, and that he, he forgives so however good we feel that we are compared to our neighbor, the reality is the Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We might be impressive next to our brother or our sister, but next to the creator, the one who speaks and things happen, who whispers and storms are calmed, towards him we are not impressive. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, yet Jesus comes not to condemn, but to save. He comes not to, to preach a message of judgment, but to preach a message of forgiveness. And he does that. Son, your sins are forgiven. And we hear that this morning. Son, daughter, your sins are forgiven. I have the right. I am God, he says, and I forgive you. But not only that, is he heals so he forgives and he heals out of his goodness. And now this is, of course, a really complicated subject for us to tackle, especially in a 15-minute preach, which I have about five minutes left of. But the, the reality is that, as um, I think as Swirlin said, Advent is, Advent is all about coming. We recognize that Jesus came as a baby, and so we light candles. But we also recognize that one day he will come again. So we live in between the kingdom having come and Jesus starting the kingdom, but the kingdom not fully coming. Theologians call it like the now and the not yet. One day he will come fully. Revelation 21 verse 4. Get it tattooed on you, it's beautiful. He will wipe away every tear. No more pain. No more suffering. That is our future hope as he comes once and for all, as every knee bows and surrenders and confesses that he is Lord. That's what we celebrate. But we live in between this time when, when healing is possible, but we don't always get healed. And it, and it is a complicated subject. But what is clear in Scripture is that Jesus will heal. So when we come to healing, it's not a question of, of will Jesus heal, can Jesus heal? The question is, when will he heal? So he'll either heal today, 
And in a minute, we're going to pray for healing. So if there's anyone who is struggling with any sickness, we're going to, we're going to, in a minute, we're going to pray for that. And I have faith, and we have faith that he heals today. But he may not. But what we do know is that whether it's today or whether it's when he comes, everything will be made right. Everything that's wrong. There will be no more pain, no more suffering. You know those prayers sometimes we pray, kind of like, we pray for healing. God, God if you kind of, kind of, if it's in your will, if you've kind of got the time, if you're not too busy, I know you've got lots of people to see too. If you're kind of in your will, possibly, maybe, maybe, possibly, possibly, maybe, maybe. Possibly, possibly. Could you heal this person? No, it's completely in his will. He's completely able to. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. As Jesus one day will usher in the kingdom totally. So yes, we will pray in faith for healing today in a minute. And we pray and we hope that people get healed. But it might be a question of, no, not yet. And we live in faith, knowing these stories of hope knowing that Jesus brings hope even into messy situations, that Jesus' birth happened in a very messy situation. He is a God of hope. So as we finish, I, I want us to come to Jesus. I want us to come to Jesus. And it might sound simple, but I think it's extremely important that we come to Jesus this morning. It's the end of 2023. Can you believe it? Like every, every year just after Christmas, I'm like, right, it's going to take ages until the next Christmas. Months and months. And then suddenly, it's Christmas, and it's super scary. It will happen again next year, and the year after that, I'm sure. But as we end 2023, I want us to take very seriously Psalm 34. Taste and see that the Lord is good because he is and sometimes we don't think so but he is and I want us just to notice the commitment that the friends had to seeing Jesus I chose to read from Mark because he's a bit more specific about uh, the, um, the amount of crowd around Jesus you know Mark's like there was lots of people there and the commitment the friends have they're like right there's, they, they see the crowd and if you're anything like me at an eco supermarket and see a long sort of checkout queue I'm like okay I'll leave my stuff I'll come back another day no they're so so passionate about meeting with Jesus that they're like right we can't get through the crowd it's impossible we've been carrying him around we're tired what are we going to do I know let's walk around the back of the house let's climb up let's break through let's get down we need to encounter Jesus we need to encounter Jesus and I want us this morning, to have that passion about encountering Jesus. We need to encounter Jesus. He is the one who brings hope. He is the one who is able to make me walk. He is the one who is able to forgive sins. He is what it is all about. Because the reality is it can feel a little bit, and um, Clayton spoke about this last week, that the crowd is stopping us. Get to know him. The crowd can be stopping us. Perhaps we've never known Jesus. Perhaps we've never encountered Jesus. Perhaps you're here this morning and you don't really know Jesus as a friend. You don't really know. You hear this amazing story of hope, but you've, you've never really felt it 
yourself. And, and, and the crowd has stopped you encountering him. Maybe it's your questions being the crowd. There's just too many questions, I can't get to him. Perhaps it's your lifestyle choices. I've heard that Jesus says this, and, and that stops you getting to him. Perhaps it's the reality of life. Just too busy. Just not got time for him. And it stops you getting to Jesus. My encouragement for you this morning, go around the crowd. Crowds are there to go around. <laughs> go on top of the building. Break through the roof. Meet Jesus. And for others of us in this room who have encountered Jesus, perhaps you know Jesus well. Perhaps you knew Jesus well. You've encountered his goodness many times, but you've just let the crowd push you away. You've let your questions just get in the way between a relationship with Jesus. You've let your doubts, you've let your priorities just get in the way. Perhaps you let your family, your kids, just get in the way of Jesus. Your lifestyle choices. Just too busy. Just Jesus, you know, with, after everything, you know, sport and, you know, whatever it is, shopping and training. Jesus is just, I've just got into a habit of not meeting Jesus. Life has got too busy. The crowd has kind of got in between. Friends push through the crowd. Go around the crowd, whatever. Go up the house, break through, encounter Jesus. Meet him. And so everyone, whether you know Jesus or whether you are getting to know Jesus, this morning in this room has a decision to make. And the question is this. Do you want to get to Jesus? Do you want to meet with Jesus? Because it's very easy to allow the crowd. We can see the crowd and we go, ah, I'll come back another day. Actually today, right now, there's a moment. I'm going to invite the band up and there's a moment for us to meet with Jesus. I would like to invite the band up, please. Just waiting for the please. Do you want to spend time with Jesus? Do you want to prioritize him? Friends, I'm going to ask, the band are going to start playing. I think it's important that we do a physical response today. So if you want to spend time with Jesus, if you want to encounter Jesus, I want to just ask you to stand right now. This, this, this morning, let us get our priorities right. Let us be a people who prioritize Jesus. Let's be a people who encounter Jesus. Jesus is good. Jesus is good. And we're going we're gonna to pray just as Al starts to play. We're going we're gonna to play. And I actually thought what Nina did was great earlier, where we just took a moment of silence and just business with God or something like Nina said um, uh, we're going to do the same now actually Psalm 34 8, taste and see that the Lord is good right now I want us to
push through the crowd. I want us to climb the roof. I want us to break through the roof. And I want us to find there Jesus. And I can guarantee when we do that, that we meet a God who is good. We meet a God who heals. We meet a God who forgives. shut our eyes, just open our hands out. And what, why, why we do that is just, it's just like to say that like, I'm coming empty-handed. I'm coming, it's a place of vulnerability. It's a place of humility. It's a place of saying, look, my hands, they're empty. And let's just expect just now, just for Jesus to meet with us. Perhaps you're one of these people that has, has never encountered Jesus for the first time. Jesus is here right now. He just, he looks at you. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Daughter, your sins are forgiven. Perhaps there are those of us who have just allowed our um, relationship to Jesus just to go cold just Jesus has just it just slowly been put down the priority list perhaps we've just not got the energy like we used to to, um, to kind of climb the house and break through the roof so that just seems like too much effort just, just come right now Jesus is beautiful he's wonderful, he's here he's lowly of heart gentle, good just come to Jesus just in your hearts right now just push through the crowd whatever that crowd is for you the questions, the tiredness, the busyness the, the, lack, you know, the lack of answers whatever just come to Jesus as well just have an opportunity to pray for pray for healing so if there is anyone in this room who would like prayer for healing then what I'd like you to do is if it's appropriate and I'm not going to invite people down the front uh, but if it is appropriate just just where you have pain just put your hand if it's a stomach thing put your hand on your stomach just put your hand on that place and we're just going to pray expecting that God will heal having faith for that. So just do that now, and I'm going to pray. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we just pray for those that have sicknesses. We pray for those that have illnesses, pain in their body. Lord, we just pray in your name, Jesus, will you heal this morning? Holy Spirit, we just pray, will you, will you work a miracle? Jesus, we love these stories of lame walking, of blind seeing, of oppressed being set free. And we just pray right now, Lord, will you set free? Lord, we pray for stories today of healing. We pray for stories today of refreshed bodies. Just pray, pray for minds. 
in this room, Lord. I just pray, Lord, we heal minds. Lord, I pray for if there's any mental illnesses, Lord, we just pray break. Break that, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. We recognize we, we can say words. It's you who does it. So, Lord Jesus, we just ask you right now to heal in the name of Jesus, in your powerful name. Set people free, Lord. Lord, may people walk out of here who have, who have just felt physically, emotionally, spiritually that they've not been able to even stand. Lord, I pray may people jump and hop and run. Holy Spirit, move in a powerful way. Jesus, come. Jesus, we just so thank you that you are the hope of this world. We thank you we don't need to be impressive. Don't need to show off to anyone. But Jesus, you are impressive. You are our hope. Born as a baby to rescue this world. What a beautiful story. What a good, good God you are. Yeah, we love you. love you, Lord. Just going to have a time of worship. Uh, let's just continue to fix our eyes. Then we're going to sing a couple of songs. If we have time for that. Let's just continue to just fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's continue to encounter his goodness. Let's continue to remember that actually he is the answer. Yeah. We love you, Jesus.